Hey, so this episode was recorded before some really negative information about the development of Werewolf the Apocalypse 5th Edition came out. The hosts of Dark Days are now aware of that and are disturbed with how indigenous cultures and indigenous staff have been treated. We'll be taking this into account for any future discussions of Werewolf. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the episode. And welcome to Dark Days Radio live show for once. <laughs> I'm one of your regular <laughs> yeah. hosts, Chris, and I'm joined by Mike. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing great, doing great. Really excited for a live episode, which will also go out as a podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we're just, it's just, it's easy to capture it this way and yep. to uh, put it out as audio. Everyone's doing it these days. I mean, if you watch the painting phase, they have lots of good episodes and yeah. lots of good, uh, thus, podcasts um the most recent episode was really good actually um the one all about uh, production for a games workshop oh yeah that was spicy really good yeah really good you know Um, i had i had that spray gun back in the day it was uh (laughs) i did i I did not like it (laughs) but apparently it worked for other people (laughs) yeah yes that was really good uh we'll get we'll talk a bit more about games workshop warhammer related stuff because there's mm-hmm. a lot, there's a there's e- there's been more today. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about World of Darkness uh, because there's been quite a few releases. There's upcoming releases, and we're going to really. I think we're going to be. I think it's a compare and contrast kind of like because we haven't sure. podcasted for ages. We're not. We haven't done reviews for ages. I think it's just where we are in our hobby because certain games feel more exciting right now than others, and I think that might mm. just be an element of the world that we're in currently yeah so before we get into that i guess we'll talk about what we've been doing (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean i'm gonna talk about this a little bit uh later on but uh i mean gaming wise i was playing some D &D, uh Mm -hmm. and then last rpg i ran was of course vampire the masquerade fifth edition and that was really awesome i want to talk about that later on because it really plays into the uh kind of warhammer versus world of darkness theme to this episode and and some of the feedback i got about that game uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting, but it was a lot of fun. Game set in Chicago, and uh, we'll talk about it more later. Chris, what have you been up to? Oh, a fair bit. Uh, I've been running a Necromunda campaign that's been going on for about the last two or so months. It's been good fun. We're at the halfway point, so uh, we're gonna start introducing vehicles. And I've done uh, I've had a game involving ash waste vehicles to try out the rules, and that's they're actually quite simple. If you've played Gorkamorka in the past. Um, this feels easier than that, I think. Um, mm. So that's been good fun. Uh, Warcry with the more recent version. So where you've got reactions, that was a really good game uh, I played recently. Uh, really made use of reactions a lot. So um, okay. I think they're actually a really good element to the game. Um, yeah, and that yeah, was using definitely. the Askurgan Trueblaze, the vampires, uh, and the new... I finally got like Heart of Gur painted up after like six months of it sat on my mm. sat on my shelf, and that terrain's fantastic. So I need to get some more of of that series. Um, yeah, so there's been that. I've not really been doing any role play, not been playing anything recently. I think just because 
wargaming has kind of been scratching my gaming itch. And we'll talk about a bit more of that because I've been painting a lot. I've got two 40k armies now painted. I've got Blood mm-hmm. Ravens painted, a thousand points of those, a thousand points of Necrons. I should have, I've got the bits to make the Necron army into a combat patrol. So I've okay, got two cool. miniatures to paint for that. And I've got the... It's the Seraphim from uh, Sister Battle. So I've got the combat patrol for them. And thanks to Imperium Magazine, I've got the Paragon War suits to make that a thousand points. And, you know, to make it a thousand points, I've got my Arbitates to um, beef them up. Oh, that's uh, good. Because, that, like, them and an Inquisitor and, and the Arbitates feels very thematic. So we're going to go with that. It does, and that's kind of how it was back in, like, uh, third edition when they had the Witch Hunters Codex. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it was really good. Yeah, and, and speaking of, like, you know, the uh, the benefits of audio versus video, people listening will not see me uh, working on these uh, rattling snipers right here and filing <laughs> them down. So Excellent. it's all pretty fun. So, yeah, I think that's good for our game update. And let's just get into the main topic, which is also kind of gaming news as well, because there's been a lot going on. And, uh, Chris, you and I have got a lot of opinions, so... Why don't we dive into that? Um, okay. Uh, Werewolf 5th Edition, because that's yeah. coming out soon. Uh, in like a month. A yeah. month, yeah. And uh, that's, that's oof, we've been talking about this for a long time, about basically five years. Basically, Vampire hit and immediately we're like, all right, what's going to happen with uh, with Werewolf? I think we've been talking about this since World of Darkness Berlin. Um, yeah. Like we, we have, knew, we I think the things that they're doing are the changes we expected. And then when fifth edition vampire came out, that became very clear. Um, what it, it, it fitted, it fitted in. So, so what are we getting with werewolf fifth edition then? Like, where are we going with this game? Yeah. So it's going to be another, uh, big chunky uh role-playing game core book uh probably gonna be more like the hunter size than vampire fifth edition so it's gonna be a little bit slimmer but still it's gonna have a lot of content in it the game itself is very similar to old werewolf all right i've been seeing a lot of people saying it's changing a lot they're they're adjusting a lot of things and they are changing things but it's really just to bring it back, uh, you know, bring it into the 21st century. Um, you know, tribes are being renamed, they're being reimagined. Ones that still exist still have their old names. They're getting refocused um, so that they really have a place in the society, not just for how they fight the worm, but also how they exist in Guru uh, society in general and what that tribe really does even before, you know, the War of Rage, before the Impergium, before all of the, uh, the darkness entered that world. That all sounds very much like the approach to the tribes in Werewolf the Forsaken. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. one of the things they brought up was like, oh, what, what, what are the tribes supposed to hunt? And I'm like, we're, we're both sitting there and we're like, mm, yeah, that's exactly what they did in uh, Werewolf the Forsaken 2nd Edition. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's, there's, a, there's a great werewolf game on the market, which is Werewolf the Forsaken. And they said, and they own it, right? So they said, hey, what can we use from this? What are the good ideas that really worked in this? Uh, and they borrowed some of that. Uh, same thing they did with Vampire 5th Edition. You know, there's a lot of elements of Requiem in there. We've been saying that for a while. Um, and, you know, it is a little, it, it's probably a little frustrating for Forsaken writers who have, you know, put their heart and soul into developing this game uh, just to see this other game kind of just take some of the ideas. But if it works, it works. And Yeah, yeah. 
you know, whatever makes Werewolf the Apocalypse a better game, I think, is uh, it's just good for the community. You know, when one sh- when the waters rise, all the ships rise as well. So in the end, this will probably help out uh, Forsaken as well. So go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so, so we're getting some kind of like, again, some reframing of the tribes, aren't we? Because that's kind of fitting with... Um, with what they did in Vampire, for certain. Like, where mm-hmm. you look at, say, uh, we have the Ministry rather than... Uh, well, we, not rather than the cult set, but they're broadened out or they're less um, focused on a particular people from a particular part of the world to create some horrible stereotype. Yeah. Um, so we've got some renamings. Haven't we? We've got, what, Fianna, our Heart Wardens. Mm-hmm. So they're all about yep. Ken management. You've got uh, Octana yeah. and now Ghost Council, and they're all about spirits. Mm-hmm. Wendigo are now called the Gale Stalkers, um, but they have to eat something and eat raw flesh. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. We we haven't we haven't seen much about the uh, the Gale Stalkers. Um, I don't think we've gotten actual actual two page release for them. So we only know just little tidbits. Uh, on them but the uktana becoming the ghost council their themes are actually very similar they're already always about dealing with spirits having the spirituality a lot of theurges in this uh in this game so that hasn't changed too much the fiana transitioning into the heart wardens and being all about uh you know management of the cairn and balance they kind of already had that when they were the the fiana they were also focused on the spirits but they also had a lot of baggage with fairies and then um, in the early editions, alcoholism as well, which we oh, yeah. will uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and of course, the uh, the big omission now is that the stargazers are gone. We just got rid of them. The uh, uh, the East Asian werewolves that did karate are no longer a thing. And, and generally, just the the tribes are all very culturally neutral, which is uh, mm. something we really needed. Um, but they also have a lot more purpose because some of the tribes yeah. really were just a, a cultural stand-in and if you took that part of them away there was basically nothing there was yeah. not a lot to them so having these real functions in society to kind of make the uh the guru nation make more sense and seem more dynamic i think is really important and uh the writers are definitely uh i think going in generally the right direction with those changes you know the the actual writing themselves i have had some complaints about you know like the 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 heart wardens i really know what to actually do with them i'm I'm, it just it seems like from the way it's written they just are going to sit there in the cairn and just kind of manage spirits all day which it doesn't really make sense for a more uh more uh you know outgoing game um i guess cairn management might fit in with a little bit of um Oh, which tribe was it in Wealth the Forsaken? Is it the one of them is all about managing your territory? Yeah, right, right. And actually, well, we haven't really seen much about territory management in this. Um, so that, in the same way it's in Forsaken. Because care management mostly fits in to do with ley lines and creating balance and mm. ensuring the spiritual kind of ecosystem is healthy. So that might be what they do is kind yeah. of bridge that gap. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's only a two page spread. A lot of it was artwork mm. as well. So there is, there's, there's still room for it to all be fleshed out. You know, we're just looking at the, the bare minimum at the moment. I'm sure we... the, the whole book <laughs> itself will have a lot more in there. I'm really, I mean, honestly, with the way how vampire fifth edition turned out in the end and has mm. evolved 
with that with a lot larger focus on uh factions which aren't the Camarilla and aren't just the Anarchs and aren't just the Sabat. That real reframing, I'm not surprised with how they're going with Werewolf. And I think this just feeds into the whole thing of like everything we know about Chronicles of Darkness and what we love of that is getting used wholesale in these new editions. Mm. The, the it's clear they learn a lot from those. And it's no surprise. I mean well, I say it's no surprise. I mean, it's no surprise when you consider Justin Achille working on this, having worked on, on at one point, was leading Water Darkness. Yeah. Um, but it does kind of... It is interesting when it when you consider the original messaging of of uh, Vampire 5th Edition when it came out and how it was like, oh, Requiem, no. And it's like, you basically just create Requiem with, with Masquerade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still Although- of that opinion. <clears throat> I will I will also point out though, I've said this many times, if you look at Requiem and then you look at Vampire the Dark Ages and look at oh, the yeah. uh, the factions that exist in that, they they map very very similarly. Oh, so yeah. there's been a lot of a lot of inspiration that's occurred over the years. Yeah, we've only seen a little bit. There's little spoilers online. We can put that in the uh, in the show notes for people to check out. Uh, it's on the Renegade website. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up is of course mm-hmm. uh, the art direction that I mentioned. And uh, <laughs> the actually I some of the art direction I really like, uh, you know, there's that kind of cool comic book style, which I think really works very well for Werewolf. Uh, because, you know, talking to Rich Thomas way back in the day, comic books really inspired Werewolf a lot. Yeah. You know, like the uh, the uh, Wolverine's claw marks in a comic book directly influenced how uh, the first edition Werewolf book was, uh, was uh, uh, the cover was cut. And... There's also a lot of the uh, kind of, you know, digital concept art, you know, the kind of like smooth digital lines and the like, which is pretty stark contrast between the two. Um, Of course, some people have found that uh, there was an artist who was tracing a bunch of, uh, you know, real people's photos, including some pretty famous people in ethnically uh, sensitive photography. So Mm. some of that's been taken out. There's one that's still in there that uh, looks like it's, uh, it's based off of like, it's traced off of a... um, uh a model and that's that's still in there last i checked yesterday so that's a little weird hopefully they fix that in the uh in the end um because you know it's just it doesn't look very good if you're obviously just just tracing other people i mean we've seen this happen before with um hunter uh hunter the individual first edition back in the day that's right yeah it uh what did it have it was the Devil May Cry artwork from Devil May Cry uh, 3 was used as yeah. the yeah. archetype artwork, and that was just a straight copy almost. Yep. Oh, that's a shame. Anyway, um, what about rules-wise? What are we seeing with Werewolf then? Like, that kind of yeah. mimics vampire. Well, I mean, a lot of the werewolf stuff is the same. You have the five different forms you can go into, you know, Krenos, Homid, uh, Hispo, etc., um, that's all pretty similar, uh, but the spicy thing is, of course, the rage dice. So you have yeah. rage, which can increase and decrease throughout the game based on your actions and what the storyteller and you decide. And then when you make a roll, some of your dice are rage dice. And the interesting thing about those is that they're different than hunger dice. So you still make a dice pool and then replace mm-hmm. a dice, number of dice equal to rage. Then you roll them, and any yeah. ones and twos on the rage dice are brutal results. If you get two or more brutal rolls, you get a brutal outcome. This means that the test fails and your rage takes over and you harm someone, break something, okay. something like that. However, if 
part of your role was trying to do something aggressive, trying to destroy something, trying to throw a car, anything like that, the, the test does not fail, and you get an extra plus four successes. Okay, so... So it's kind of like, a, you can end up with like a super critical, basically. If you roll a lot of tens, roll a lot of brutals, you're in combat, that sort of thing, you're doing tons of damage. So yeah. it means that rage is great for combat, but terrible for social basically so it's not quite a messy critical because that was in in vampire that's where you get a get a a critical a critical result on a hunger die yep yeah it's different so this is so there must still be criticals like that well they're still interesting interesting yeah so brutal dice basically can give you an additional plus four successes in addition to any actual successes you have uh if mm. in combat and and if you're trying to harm something or, or punch through a wall because if you get if you get a fail with with the not critical fail whatever they're called in in vampire um but you get a, a one on the hunger die that gives you a mm-hmm. your character goes in if it goes into a um Oh, I don't know what what was this, what do they what happens to it? It's been a while since I played it. It's uh, yeah. You, you basically you can frenzy. You can have some kind of a compulsion. Yeah, uh, compulsions. Um, yeah. So this is much more showing that failing is is even more dangerous with werewolves because you can yeah. just go ballistic. Yeah, you could actually roll very well on your mm. dice, but if you get two of those brutal results, it fails and you break something or you tear a guy's heart out anything like that can happen so it makes it very zesty uh so it'll be pretty interesting to kick the tires on that and uh, see how it all plays yeah yeah that'll be definitely fun to play um yeah so what we're just waiting for some more um teasers i guess then of the rules for that uh i think we're just waiting for the book at this point i'm not sure if there's really gonna be much else (laughs) Um, it comes out in a month oh yeah if you've seen vampire and you've seen hunter you've kind of seen most of the mechanics in their toolbox that they can utilize so yep mm, oh yeah and then the other thing i just want to bring up is that uh so far we've seen no photorealistic art so that's probably for the best yeah Uh, since we saw remember that remember that werewolf one um from from by night studios that tries to do photorealistic werewolves Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes, they learned from that. And uh, that's why I think they got the comic book style instead, which which really works. They got great artists for it. So I think okay. it's, uh, it's coming together. I'm going to keep on the briefly on the... Uh, I'll find the book. On the... Oh, I've got too many books here. Um, there we go. Uh, related to World of Darkness, we have... I've got a copy of Exalted Essence. So oh, yeah. that is much thicker than I was expecting. Yeah, same here. This same is here. meant to be a streamlined uh, play system, but then again, it does contain all exalted types from the game. So, mm. okay, I still, I think the rule system is fairly simple. I still need to get my head around how charms work in it. I need to read that all again. But yeah, it'd be good to play yeah. that uh, soon because I do like exalted as a setting. It's just every edition before it was painful once you got to combat and it was so easy to right. make characters that were absolutely useless at anything it was just yeah. hmm. exalted exalted third edition is great if you have a, a storyteller who has an encyclopedic knowledge of oh. all the charms and stuff but that's they, that's the problem you need that person yeah and uh, yeah it's um yeah we'll see how it goes mm-hmm 
yeah, that'll be pretty good. But you know, let's uh, let's step away from uh, RPGs and uh, and World of Darkness, Age of Sorrow stuff, and let's yeah, let's talk about Tenth Edition. Oh, Chris has got the Leviathan book right there. Why don't you kick us off and uh, talk about what you think about this uh, this new edition for this classic game? Okay, so it's clear that they've taken a lot of design choices from Age of Sigma. So yeah. weapon profiles what you need to roll to hit on them and their damage in the case especially in the case of close combat weapons that's all split out from the main profile so in that sense it's much easier to read what you're doing you're not having to go oh my ballistic skills this but i'm using this weapon so there's a modifier there and then there's some other modifier on top of that so you're only really ever reading one string of values if that makes sense so mm-hmm. i think that's quite good I like the idea of objective control so that every unit, every model has the ability, has has a, uh, how can we say, a quantifiable um, um, amount of how they can hold an objective. And so that ties into, you know, victory points and clear that you can win a game even if your army is pretty much blown off the table so long as you yeah. win by objectives. Now, that's really important because if you play, say, something like Warcry, that's also a totally valid way of playing, as in you mm. you, you can win purely off objective and all your warriors get butchered. So that, I think, is an important step because obviously some armies are going to play in an incredibly aggressive way to hold objectives and yet and allow, you know, their tyrannid, you know, warriors or you know, their termagants to die in droves. So that may help allow you to play quite thematically with things. Um, yeah. And then I think the fact that they've really trimmed down the stratagems. Like I had a real trouble, like looking at a codex plus the rule book. I'm going like I'm going to play this army, but then there's all these stratagems in the core book. Then there's these stratagems here, and then it would always be the bloat of every white wolf, which I'm really hoping that we don't get into. That we we stay yeah. in this kind of one in one out kind of rule set, where if they're going to add something new into the army, it's going to replace something. I think this comes back to the whole thing that we've seen that we that I like about game design in, say. Vampire the Requiem, you know, when uh, with Bloody Dots, uh, when Rose Bailey explained, like, if you're going to have a series of powers, the higher ones shouldn't make the lower ones redundant. So mm. again, I feel that's yeah. the right thing in Stratum's, like, nothing should ever feel redundant. There shouldn't be a killer set of options that means you've won before you've hit the table. And essentially, it's just easier to absorb. Like, I've read the rules, and I've looked at the stratagems, and I've looked at the, the 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 unit cards for, say, the Tyranids, and I'm like, okay, I actually can see how to play this edition. Whereas ninth edition, I had the Space Marine Codex for my Blood Ravens uh, to play with Blood Ravens, and I just could not really grok it. And the last time I played 40k was mostly about what fifth, sixth, no, fifth edition. We're talking 2005. Mm-hmm. It just feels everything's trimmed down. And third edition like, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, I think I was kind of one of the goals of this edition was to um 
reduce the bloat, simplify things, and and to help streamline. And it's interesting that you bring up that you feel like it's like third edition because I've actually been playing 40k third edition. A classic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. I mean, it is kind of janky in some ways. There is a lot of confusing stuff about how close combat works. But um, one of the things I really like is that units are very straightforward. You, yeah. You know what they do. Your opponent understands what they do. There's no... The problem with 8th edition... Uh, no, not 8th edition. 9th edition was the, uh, uh, the stratagem... Like, uh, Strangem's kind of coming out of nowhere and turning, like, a bunch of Gretchen into, like, godlike beings for a turn and just, like, mow down things. That kind of stuff doesn't happen in 3rd edition. So I really appreciate that. But, you know, I mean, obviously, 3rd edition is pretty old, from 1998, and uh, it has very simplistic um, scenarios. And they're, they're, they're not very streamlined or, or really that dynamic, uh, except for a couple, like the Siege scenario or the Breakthrough. So... You know, looking at 10th, I am very interested because there's a lot of dynamism to it. You know, you mentioned White Dwarf, what they're going to do. It seems like they're they're making this White Dwarf club where they're going to have like, yeah. tons of extra scenarios coming out for it. And using it that way, instead of extra rules, like extra units, extra stratagems, it's going to be, oh, here's a new way to play. Try this out. Um, maybe some experimental kinds of things, which I think will be great. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate the fewer stratagems. And then also the simple army building yeah. really, really makes me happy because I was looking at the uh, the Chaos Space Marine index <laughs> and you can have, you can make an entire army of cultists now, which really intrigues me. I think that's a lot of fun me, and I'm, just, I wish I could do it. Let me just look up because obviously right now we have the the app. The app is quite good and right now is free to use. How long that's going to last, I don't know. But if it's if it, if you get all the rules via subscribing to Warhammer Plus, then great. I I hope it's that. I hope it's that because mm -hmm. we we are at the point. I really think we're at the point where buying codexes feels really really pointless. Yeah, it's not <laughs> because it's not immediately. It's not, it's that de that like the space marine index cards that came out is such a doorstop and already we've got erratas and they've already errated the El eldari and it's just like when you've got that kind of churn of updates and rebalancing like buying that stack of cards feels painful buying a codex every year feels really painful yeah. i felt the same way with age of sigmar actually so i just feel yeah. and you know i have to take one hat off i feel often and put another hat on like take the take the cubicle seven writer hat off put the <laughs> private press hat on and go and look at their app you've got all the rules free to download for absolutely free forever and the app is something you subscribe to or, or you buy the bits to to support the army and it's it is really well designed. It's ridiculously well designed compared to their previous one. And that that is the vehicle for the rules. And, you know, codexes or army books or whatever they're going to be are a vehicle for... I think it's going to be a vehicle more for, like, scenarios and cam campaigns, which I feel mm. is more fun to buy a thing of. I'm just trying to look at my Battleforge. And do I have a Chaos Army? Uh, written up. No, I'm going to make a Chaos Army as we're talking right now. So if I go to what? Chaos Space okay. Marines. 
uh, incursion because we're going to play a thousand points. Uh, we're going to put. We're just going to put uh, a test name in there. Let's do that. That's fun. Uh, and create yeah. army. So I need a character. What uh, a chaos lord. I've got one of those. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I love the chaos lord and a bunch of cultists. So put in a bunch of cultists. The, uh, <laughs> the mutated cultists. The uh, the traitor line. guardsmen. Oh. They're, they're battle line shit. Okay. Yes, you got six of them. So I've got uh, legionnaires from Kill Team. So I've got one of them. Okay. I've got how many cultists are in a mob? Ten? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I've got... I think it's ten to twenty. I've got thirty of those because I've got the ones from Dark Vengeance. So I've got twenty of those. And I've got the ones in um, from the expansion for Blackstone Fortress. So that's my cultist, and then oh god, yeah, wow, that's already three hundred whatever points. And then what other data sheets? What else we got in here? A curse cultist, chaos bikers, chaos spawn. I've got two of those. Uh, what else we got? Fun things. Where are the? Um, do we have? Oh, we got trait guardsmen. Got some of them. Yep. Uh, that's already five seventy. So I don't need to buy much more. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but again <laughs> that was that was incredibly oh. fast to uh to build up an army that's gonna and, be a, uh, a stupid that I've, I've got a stupid cultist army brilliant that's all i want <laughs> yep. yeah that's all i want too and i think that's pretty cool for the chaos guys because it makes them different than uh than regular space marines because you get those those schmoes uh and also like the cool kind of demon that, options that's as well like very that's also very like fourth edition 40k i think we had like lost and the damned as a codex back then yeah it was whenever um um the black crusade event was yeah that got rolled back <laughs> yeah it did yeah okay so we're quite happy with 40k uh i have to say but well i'm, I'm happy I, you know i'm happy with what's in here there's a lot of scenarios mm -hmm. and crusade crusade is nicely updated i'm happy with that what are you not happy with <laughs> uh, yeah i mean so I haven't played 10th yet. No, no, I haven't yet. And what I've I've been looking at some videos, watching people play it. They're all really excited about it. They're having a good time, but I see just just the plethora of rerolls mm. and light infantry just being absolutely deleted. It's still a very very killy. And you know, I'm used to 3rd edition, 4th edition where even a guardsman squad can survive a turn or two of shooting. Maybe they'll start running, but you know, they can still do things. In this edition, there's just so many dice flying, so many rerolls still, which I said they were going to roll back the rerolls, and that, that doesn't feel like it's really <laughs> the case. And guys are just dying left and right. So I don't know how I feel about that, but I think really I just need to play a casual game and just see how I really feel. Yeah, you know, same. casual opponent, a nice friend to do it with. I'm not going to be playing like tournaments and that kind of no. stuff. And I shouldn't be looking at tournament players online because... They're probably uh, just too intense for my level. Um, they focus on they focus on that. one or two games, and they, <laughs> you know, they um, absorb the rules and the meta. I'm not looking for that. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to play Combat Patrol. I think that's brilliant that they've done this. Mm. Uh, it makes mm. getting into it so much easier. Um, like I said, I've got like four Combat Patrols with zero effort. It's it's yep. crazy, and the fact that yeah. They're roughly about 500 points each, and they have their own index cards to balance themselves against each other. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and it plays on what? Uh, two, two of the. Two kill team boards. Two kill team boards. So that's whatever, roughly. Whatever that size is. It's about. It's the equivalent of three foot by three foot. 
That's a good size. Probably, yeah. I mean, that's beer and pretzels Warhammer for me. That's what I want. That's yep. also about yeah. the same number of models as uh, second edition 40k. So brilliant. Right, talking about thing blasts from the past because this is high on our list. Um, is Horus Heresy Legions Imperialis? I'm super yep. excited. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks really fun. It's going to be uh, basically uh, Horus Heresy Warhammer thirty thousand at a, uh, a very small scale. I think like six millimeter. No, is that right? Than, no, or six or millimeter eight? was original epic size. Even okay. though original epic scale was all over the bloody place. Um, like really all over the place. Uh, this is more like I don't know. From looking at it and from what people said, I think around about a six millimeter figure will be a um, solar auxilia. So essentially, like a guardsman, a right. human. Okay. Eight millimeter is more your space ring scale. So okay. we've okay. got nuance of scale of the fighters. And they're, I think they're meant to be a 25mm base. Around 25mm base has five fighters on it. And that is, okay. you know, a unit. Um, and then you've got tanks. They look amazing. They're all in the same scale as what we've seen from Aeronautica Imperialis, which is all in the same scale as Adeptus Titanicus. So, ever, so essentially they've gone, oh, look, we've already got this, these models done. And they're just filling out the rest so we can play Epic. Um, yeah. So combined arms warfare. Yeah. 30,000. So it's not going to have the granularity of rule set as Adeptus Titanicus, because that is Titans versus Titans. And really, when you're dealing with units of, you know, when you've got squadrons of tanks and platoons of troops moving around you do not have time to start fanning about with, do I need to vent plasma or do I repair? Like right. those, that's fun in the world of Adeptus Titanicus with that kind of, that same thrill that you get, I'm sure, in playing Mech Warrior where you've got to make those hard choices. But the hard choices are now going to be, are you going to get your troops into position to hold an objective? Because tr clearly, like epic 40,000 troops while squishy were incredibly important to hold objectives like holding buildings and so forth they're the only things that can do that I think we're going to get minis for destructible buildings so we're going to get the ruins ooh spicy it looks it because they don't look like they've made those by hand from the existing stuff so I'm excited for that like I say we're going to get troops uh, the box set has, what, two Warhounds in it, some troops, some tanks, some Solo Auxilia with some Lehman Rust battle tanks and some other stuff. Obviously, knights will be playable in it because we have knights from of all sizes from Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're going to have Xiphons and, and other aircraft. We're not going to see some of the other aircraft, though, um, from on the Imperial Guard side because they aren't part of that world at that time so we'll see some things and not others yeah i'm really kind of excited for it so i'm gonna be painting some blood angels because i'm gonna Ooh. spread i'm gonna spray them wraith bone and then hit them with contrast paint because they're yeah, that tiny like who the fuck is gonna paint yeah. them <laughs> like 
Yeah, because Chris, didn't you work on a couple of epic scale things recently? I did, the, uh, I did, I did. I do have um, somewhere here. Uh, if I turn, there's a box of epic space print. And it feels uh, there it is. really redundant. Um, I might nice. sell it. Uh, we'll see what the new one's like and sell it. Because uh, there's yeah. going to be collectors. And honestly, oh, certainly. Yeah. Now, Epic's been selling lately because, like, um, Duncan Rhodes recently did a, uh, a whole Epic painting thing. Oh, and, right. You know, there's been a lot of interest. Yeah, that makes and sense. The, those influencers, they can move the market. Yeah, that's... And, and actually, Chris, it's kind of interesting that you, you might get rid of your, your Epic 40,000 stuff because, you know, I'm looking at this, and I kind of wish we did that that smaller scale so you could just play 40K with really tiny dudes and, you know, yeah. just play games at a very small scale. You might that and might be been, more viable for this because people have done it before. There's been white dwarf articles about it before. So yeah. I mean, certainly you can do chaos, space marines, space marines. Pro, you can do cultists basically, and and imperial guardsmen with the miniatures that will be available. Um, you could do horse yeah, heresy at small scale with this. Yeah, you a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, mini mini horse heresy, and it would be it would be a lot more affordable. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, don't know how doable it will be, but uh, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. Rules-wise, we're going to see... Um, I think it's more like second edition epic. So it's going to be secret order counters that you flip over to reveal. That's kind of cool. We're not getting blast markers like Epic 40,000, which kind of makes me feel a bit sad because I like blast markers. I like those. Yeah, they're good. Like, they're a good system. A really good system. So in that respect, then, it's funny because we always point out that Warhammer 40,000 Apocalypse rule set was basically Epic 40,000. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so funny that that rule set just got used for 28 millimeter scale. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other sad thing, though, with this is that stuff in Aeronautica Imperialis is getting retired. So all of the Xenos range is getting cycled out. I think this is partly because they don't want the confusion because they're going to rebox a whole load of things, mm. all the all the aircraft as Horus Heresy compatible with Legion right. Imperialis. You're going to create a lot of... I think it's... There's a definite decision there about brand confusion and yep. what works with what, blah, 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 space on shelves in the Games Workshop store, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so yeah. the question is, is this going to be successful enough, long enough, to go, and then we do the for, the forty first millennium epic scale because I have the aircraft oh. and I have the marines. I mean, that's that, and that's what happened with um, uh, epic originally, right? Because uh, uh, was it Adeptus Titanicus originally? And the, epic Space yeah. Marine were set in the Horus Heresy because yeah. it was let them uh, basically use the same mold for each side. Yeah, one was red, one was blue. And I think it's obviously, it's also, I think this is a thing to do with what specialist games have access to the, the play pit of the plot line versus mm. what the Games Workshop Studio have access to in terms of the plot line. So right. they, they work on the contemporary world and pushing the plot forward. Specialist games are in the past or in a very thin slice of the world. Um, so yeah, that's you know I'm excited for it. There's other stuff coming up. I mean, we've seen some more stuff from. We've got another Necromunda book coming out. We've got a compiled Necromunda rule book, which is going to contain all all of the core rules you need to play, except for the gang rule of the gang you want to play as, which is good because 
currently in order to play Ashwaste campaigns, you need to have the core rule book, and you then need to have either the Book of the Outlands or you have the Ashwaste rule book from that box. But you know, there's there's disconnects of what rules are in which book and how much they've got of it. So hopefully this book is feels complete. It will mean I have a four a, a fourth rule book at this stage because I've got yeah. the core rule book. I've got Dark Heresy, mm-hmm. not Dark Heresy, Dark Uprising, Ashways, and then this could be this fucking thing. So, but if it means I've got one yep. less book to carry around, then that's a good thing. Yeah, but are the uh, are, are the house gang rules in one of the other uh, rule books, or do you have to literally buy the uh, individual books for that? No, you need to get the individual house. Oh, okay. Well, but the, I mean they're good books, and they also duplicate certain bits into them to make it easy for reference and there's also like some specific scenarios per gang so that adds some more flavor yeah i mean that feeds into what i'm doing and i think it's a good thing it's just the nature of the beast and the thing is necromunda's expanse is is so much more expansive than what original necromunda ever was so right i think this is just a point where they can go right that's how we're doing things and what's the next book? Because yeah, we had the point where we had Necromunda Underhive, and then we got little gang uh, gang war books, and then then we got all those all compiled into Gangs of the Underhive, and then we got the gang books again, but expanded bigger, better things. Um, it's been a wild ride with books of Necromunda. I can't, yeah. but I'm not going to complain because. Um, there's fun stuff in there. And it's like you're not really having to buy too many models because, like, you know, you're just buying a gang. The, the vehicle of the game is, if anything, terrain and <laughs> terrain and mm. fucking rule books. And that's why it's more <laughs> like a roleplay game in that sense. And that's where the joy is flipping through and realizing, oh shit, I could have bought that weird ass weapon instead. I'll use that next time. Before we get on to the next bit on, of World yep. Dance, also, we've seen a little bit of yep. Old World. We're seeing, uh, we've seen like some, a little bit, Bretonian. yeah, like the Bretonian hero, the, the yeah, um, I'm, I'm the still Tomb King hero. I think I'll also. I'm excited. You got to re, you got to rebase. You got to rebase to twenty five mil. Yeah, but come on, everything's going to rank up much better now. All the classic uh, models will. being brought up will rank. But no. this also ties in with the fact that certain models from Cities of Sigma are now retired, are being mm-hmm. retired. Because yeah. they go back into because basically they're reboxing them to rebrand as old world. So again, it's yep. about brand identity, and I I get that. I I totally understand. They don't want confusion. Uh, they don't want someone picking up that box and going, "Oh, it says it's Age of Sigma, it, but but it's not. Doesn't say it's old world. It's like it's fucking Empire." Like um, <laughs> use it. Some some models yep. will still stay in Age of Sigma, but I think they're so particular that they're not your battle line miniatures as it were um right but you know you can you know if you're obviously a veteran of the hobby then you just buy what you want and convert so who the fuck cares um and the new cities of sigma stuff we're seeing for age of sigma are fantastic the new manticore is amazing um like that's a stunning miniature very dynamic pose oh yeah. yeah um so, yeah, I'm excited for that, and we're not going to talk too much about it right now, but we're getting so much closer to the Orphan Khan book coming out for Age of Sigma. I am like, oh, we are so running a game of that. 
like yeah you yeah you mean the soulbound mm-hmm. one yeah and like yeah, i keep bugging, fun. i keep bugging pat and uh pat and peachy and jeff like soulbound when are you gonna do it guys do soulbound you know mm-hmm. you want to do it yep. soulbound with miniatures oh yes oh yeah. yes yeah patrick likes uh oh yeah he, he loves he it. likes D and stuff so i mean it'd be perfect for him Oh yeah, um, and it's better better system than five. He's also, I, I would actually venture to say. Yeah, and they've been reading. Um, I think he's been reading uh, Wrath and Glory as well, and re- enjoying that. So I'm quite happy about that. Okay. Um, cool. And I'll briefly say because it's kind of off goes well off our show notes because we get towards the end here. Um, the well, it's well off the end of the notes there. Um, there's lots of books coming out, like hard copies of Threat, Threat Assessment Xenos is coming out soon. So that's the Beastry book for Wrath and Glory. Uh, I don't know where the Eldari book is right now in the production cycle. I am doing... We've done the writing on, and there's just a few bits being finessed for um, the Absolvers book. And I handed over... And there are pictures now. Um, I handed over to the team at UK Games Expo my squad of Primaris Marines painted up as Absolvers. Oh, sweet. So they were very happy I've, I've done that. I will paint some more at some point. If I get some cheap space marines or some... Oh, no, some, some of those new Terminators. They would be sweet to paint as Absolvers. They would be awesome. Mm. Yeah. So you gave them to Cubicle 7? Yeah, tasty. Anyway. Awesome. Okay. 40k video right. games. Other... Uh, no, 40k video games. World of Darkness video games. Oh, God. What have you been playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... um A lot of them have not been on sale, so I just picked up a bunch. Uh, a couple weeks ago off of Steam and uh, just been digging into them because a ton of World of Darkness content has come out and I just haven't even even touched it over the last couple years. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Let's do this. Let's just dive into this. So game number one was uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Actually, I think James, uh, James played this a little bit too. Well. He, had, he had some comments. It's a fun battle royale shooter set in Prague and you know in the world of darkness you start off kind of in the lobby of the Elysium you can wander around talk to people do some little quests and that kind of stuff uh so that's cool but the main content of the game is of course the battle royale uh shooter um so you drop into some place in the streets of Prague um you just run around blasting vampire players uh you terrorize mortals uh uh, and you know, feed off of them. Uh, you can get their resonance, for example. And then, uh, of course, slowly this um, second Inquisition red mist kind of confines you and you know tightens up the play zone. Uh, and there's also a couple of second Inquisition NPCs who are just like wandering the street. They're called the Entity, which I'm not sure if that's an actual second Inquisition term from like the the source source book or something, but they're around. And they can they can blast you, especially if you kill a mortal. It like makes you stand out to all the vampire right. players and the second Inquisition. So they kind of go after you for breaking the masquerade. And the last vamp standing wins. So it's just a shooter game. It doesn't really deal with the masquerade, vampire politics, or anything like that. Uh, I do feel like they wanted to put more content into the Elysium, which would have been kind of cool. But it's not it's not really there at the moment. It's really just about this this shooter game. And it's only got one map, so it gets pretty old uh, pretty fast. There's cool, cool, cool gameplay. Um, you know, you can 
have a lot of fun climbing up walls, jumping, dashing around, doing parkour. But unfortunately, the game didn't really take off due to all the bugs and hackers, and it's now basically in maintenance mode. Mm. But it's also free, so if you like shooter games and don't mind how this isn't, doesn't really fit well with World of Darkness canon, you can just give it a shot and uh, and see if you like it. I played probably like a good three or four hours, a bunch of matches, and uh, it, it's fun. It's fast-paced, um, and I can definitely see why uh, people do enjoy it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things like it breaks Vampire the Masquerade theme quite a lot uh-huh. by being something yep. quite specific, which is vampires ripping the shit out of each other. Um, hmm. Okay, well, if it's free, I mean, yeah, sure, try it out. I mean, I'm sure it's interesting, like, design-wise, because of how you tailor your character. You really don't tailor. Uh, um, all, you you pick you pick a clan, and there's two different archetypes per clan, and they get two powers each. Um, so there isn't really that much uh, that much to tailor. You can tailor cosmetics, yeah. that sort of thing. There there might be some small bonuses, but I really didn't dig into that. And even then, bonuses can't be that good because I was still winning games when I like only put a couple hours in. So you know, it's definitely uh, it, it really for the game it comes down to who gets the drop on the other yeah. person and that's usually the person that wins a fight and you know it, sometimes there can be a, a three-way battle and that's a bit more spicy but uh it's really about sneaking around and, and catching somebody or sniping them i did a lot of sniping so i don't know it's 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 a thing that exists and will exist for a little bit longer so if you're interested in that definitely check it out you know is it gonna have a lasting impact on the world of darkness lore canon that kind of stuff Probably not. No, probably no. not. Um, which is, you know, a bit unfortunate because obviously a lot of work went into it. But uh, no, that's what you, that's what happens. Um, so let's move on over to Werewolf the Apocalypse uh, Earthblood. So this is the first werewolf game ever. Finally got it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there was the Heart of Gaia video game back in the 90s. I think they were working on that one in early 2000s. But that one never came out, never released. Um, so this is the first one we've ever gotten. And it's pretty mediocre. Play as a Fianna, uh, which we all also know is no longer a tribe name. They're the uh, the Heart Wardens. Um, and <laughs> you play as a Fianna who gets rage by drinking flasks of whiskey and punching Pentex goons. So you can kind of tell what kind of game it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the core gameplay loop is that you sneak around in Hamid or Lupus form uh, until somebody spots you. Then you flip out and go Krenos and start killing the goons. Um the gameplay was kind of tedious and repetitive in the first few hours, but uh, it, it gets more interesting and dynamic later on. And there's some really cool boss battles. Um, so they do have some good design in that regard, uh, where you get to fight you know, other werewolves, black spiral dancers, spirits, all that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't really explore spirituality or the umbra that much. There are spirits in a couple spots, but it's not like you can step sideways and really explore that world. You just kind of can glance into uh glance across the uh the gauntlet into the umbra uh but that's it Hmm. so if you like werewolf and it's on sale for five bucks you should get it but otherwise i'd probably say give it a pass (laughs) that's that's a shame i mean it sounds like it's a a werewolf kind of what like devil may cry kind of play uh maybe that was I, I don't know i've never played double may cry somebody pointed out on on threads actually that uh 
there was a very similar game for the PS2 uh, for The Incredible Hulk, where uh, you would sneak around as Bruce Banner and then get caught, and then you go Hulk mode. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting to hear about. And I, I have made the joke a couple of times that this game would be would have been incredible on the PS2, would have had such a cult following. But I think you know, I played 2023. I think I played. Um, I think I played a. a Oh, an X-Men game, like, where you played just as Wolverine. And I think with oh. that, obviously, you regenerated when your claws weren't out. And then when your claws were out, mm. you had more power and more killy. So, and you, you know, again, yeah, you know, you get Wolverine rages out. So, again, that's a PS3 era game, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's gameplay um, uh, cycle that's been used in a couple of different games. And this was based off of, jeez, uh, I think it was like the Sticks um, oh. games that, uh, that they've done that uh, Cyanide did. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of modeled off of that. And Cyanide, you know, they're not, they're not like a triple-A company. They're like a double-A or single-A. They do the Blood Bowl games, don't they? They do, yeah. yep, yep. So they don't, it, it, this wasn't meant to be a triple-A title. And you do have to kind of recognize that. But on the other hand, does it really portray the Werewolf the Apocalypse lore uh, well? You know, I'd say it does a mediocre they, job. I think we can already guess that if they ever, 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 and it won't happen, <laughs> it won't happen because Mage the Ascension is too mm. fucking crazy and expansive to do to get it all into computer game. But I feel like if the nearest thing we have to that as a PlayStation, Xbox kind of AAA game, like Control is a fucking amazing game. Control is fantastic. Right. And I think that's as close as you would get to some that kind of like mage-like experience. Though, I'm going to be honest, Control is most probably a better representation of the technocracy. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> and I have to say, that yeah. sounds more fun to play as the technocrats. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be really fun, actually. <laughs> like, technocrats yeah, ghost-busting but... and, and other, like, cryptid shit. That'd be really fun. I wish. I wish. That's the idea that uh, uh, Chig and I have had for the Void Engineers for ages. Just make them like the Ghostbusters. At least at least some of them. I mean, this brings... Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. That, that gives us a, a quick side tangent of the fact that I did say on threads, because I noticed you mentioned threads, we're all about threads right now. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, I did, I did mention that, like, and I tagged, I tagged Jason Carl in it, because I thought, fuck it, why not? Like, my opinion of where I am with, like, writing and, and game stuff is, like, right now with Mage, because I know it was like the top, what's your top 10 favorite fucking RPGs, right? That was the post. Yep. And someone said, oh, you put Mage the Awakening, not Mage the Ascension. I was like, right, well, much like we've seen with Werewolf, Ascension has to address a lot of the cultural appropriation and stereotypes in there. Plus, we've got the yeah. whole baggage of science versus magic, because I really think modern Mage... <clears throat> Like modern Mage Ascension can't work off the old, the old kind of postmodernist science is bad because we're in this world where yep. we've got anti-vax people and we've got uh, you know economies 
basically what we know of the economy not working everyone's old ideas of how the economy works doesn't play out and instead we're into like Mm -hmm. recessions and inflation and shit like that and then we've got ai not gone mad because it's not really ai it's machine learning but still we've got that's not really that's like a like a uh, an iteration x kind of nightmare where it makes people redundant and that's not the point it's meant to like benefit people not like make their lives worse and i think we're kind of in the world where i would love if mage the ascension basically my my goal would be mage the ascension the essential war is not over because the essential war was never between the technocracy and the mages the essential war is between them together and something worse and i'm not talking about in the fandy i'm saying mage the ascension needs its exarchs it needs a group uh, that are mm. like wouldn't it be great if control and the secret council or whatever of of the traditions were actually the fucking mm-hmm. same and it's all just been one big game Love to it. keep everyone in check because they hold the keys to reality that is an interesting take. Uh, that is very Mage the Awakening, but it would be pretty spicy. And you know, they're they're taking a lot of ideas from Chronicles of Darkness, so who that's knows my what's pitch. Happen. Because part because could you imagine that it make it make yeah. playing Mage like you go, what are you playing today? You'd be like, I'm a, a fucking I don't know gray agent from New World Order, trying to keep humanity safe, like kill the cryptids, do the ghost hunting, mm-hmm. X Files shit. And then you're like, who are you playing? Oh, you're like a fucking virtual adept fighting these rogue yep. fucking AIs out there. And then that are like, you know, the which are basically the agents of these godlike mages who have been playing both sides off against each other. And then who are you? You're like a progenitor. And then this other person's playing like whatever you would rename Verbena. Like that's that sounds much more fun because that's like such a clash of ideas. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of interesting because uh, my, my memory of Mage is a little foggy right now, but uh, you had the Rogue Council yeah. and Revised kind of giving messages, and you could really flip that around and make that a... Uh, maybe those are actually protagonists, but you could make them kind of in opposition to uh, like the other Archmages yeah. who basically took control of things. And maybe they caused the Avatar Storm and, and Revised and that sort of thing. That that would be pretty interesting. That's um, my pitch. That's the but they would also be... <laughs> They would be more, they could also be a more, um, an, an antagonist that would be more achievable to defeat than the Exarchs yeah. as well, which I think is kind of interesting because it still has the Ascension War. It just changes the dynamics of it. The thing is, I think that's, that's what the Ascension War is now for it, is that we're in this age where both science and tradition, traditions, tradition, are yeah. essentially on the decline or at least at you know the 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 aspirations of those have both failed in the face of humanity's well, prevailing on we yeah how about this how about the existing paradigms are failing yeah. so there needs to be several shifts whether that be um shifting to uh, uh new existing traditions or Horrible idea, though. Celestial choristers, classic celestial choristers, they would have, like, total schisms, because part of them would see the current, like, state of the world as the perfect environment for their paradigm. I mean, Mm. (laughs) that's really frightening. Anyway, 
But that, uh, no, but I think you're onto something actually, because with that idea, that also really allows uh, whomever's writing it, probably probably White Wolf or or Paradox, yeah. uh, to start deleting or changing significantly traditions yeah. because the paradigms are shifting. Um, they've realized certain things aren't working or can't. Work. I think I think the traditional um, lines between tradition mages and the technocracy don't exist anymore. If I were if I were running mage, well, I kind of subscribe to Mark's uh, way of doing mage, where there's only a couple and traditions don't really exist. Every mage is kind of unique. Yeah. And I think that's a good way of handling it. But understand that that doesn't sell splat books. So, <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sell books. Yeah. Uh... All right. What's the next games you've been playing anyway? Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, I mean, it's good. It's good to talk about Mage because we really haven't gotten anything, any games for Mage other than that one little uh, oh, novella yeah. like uh, six years ago or something. And, you know, it's been mostly mostly Vampire, a little bit of Werewolf. There's that one Wraith VR game. I've played some of that. Really anything for Mage? Nothing I've got, I've got, a, I've got a quest. Shall I talk about that? I have that. Oh sure, I've, I've got sure. a quest. I've played that. It's fucking hard. I got stuck in the. It's actually quite. Oh, it works. It's very cool. immersive. I find. Um, you find yourself like obviously to move around. You can you can move around, but you've got your your sticks, your joysticks to help you mm -hmm. move about. So you've got those. It's not so heavy on Wraith lore, but it is, and there's definitely, like, you're collecting memories and working out why you died and stuff like that. But I got to the bit where you had to, like, essentially sneak past this mad ghost. I fucking can't. It's so hard. And the fun thing, the funny thing about it is that when you get into these certain area, into that area where you're sneaking past the ghost, there's a, there's a point where you're, like, partly, like, you're moving with a joystick and you're going like, I'm going to crouch. Or there you go, actually, I'm going to fucking physically crouch. I'm physically going to look uh, around the corner because I need to run. Awesome. And that that works really well. I wish I could get past yep. it. It is, a bit, it is a bit surreal because I think because you've got that overlay, overlaid reality and they can do so much mm -hmm. with that. It is actually a very good game. Ooh, that's really interesting. That's, that's very uh, promising for for Changeling, if they were did a VR Changeling game, because that mage. has the uh, chimerical... Yeah, definitely for Mage, but um, uh, Changeling has the chimerical reality that kind of is a... It kind of exists as oh, an yeah, overlay yeah. of re the real reality, so that would be really fun to see, just even like a 50% transparency kind of reality overlay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so really cool. That. That's good to hear about. I, I, <laughs> I've never heard of anyone playing it, and uh, obviously, I don't want to go spend eight hundred dollars just to be able to On a quest, play yeah. a six-hour wraith yeah. game. But uh, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. All right, so let's uh, let's start wrapping this up because we've uh, we're we're going for quite some time here. Last games are Vampire the Masquerade, Coteries of New York, and Werewolf the Apocalypse: Heart of the Forest. I'm grouping these together because they're both these kind of visual choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, sort of games. Heart of the Forest is set in Poland and has several stats uh, and mechanics built in. Uh, and these unlock different progression options. So you got your spirituality, you've got your gnosis, you've got your willpower, you've got your health, rage as well. And these unlock different choices to kind of go through the uh, the branching storyline. 
And it's kind of neat, you know, you can lose willpower, spend it to, to get certain results. You can lose health because you did something bad or, uh, or in a dicey situation. And of course, uh, you know, things can not work out for you in the end. Uh, this really stands in contrast to Earthblood because it really does highlight that spiritual element of Werewolf. Um, I think that's really one of the main themes of the game, although I'm not very far into it. Uh, so I think that's really neat. And Coteries New York is kind of a similar visual uh, story obviously set in new york and i gotta say haven't played that much but it's very well written very snappy and engaging dialogue it's later on the mechanics you basically just have to handle your your hunger humanity and don't try not to breach the masquerade um and seems pretty cool and also has a sequel game mm. shadows of new york which apparently apparently coteries kind of just ends uh like halfway through the story and it's like all right time to buy the next game but it's pretty affordable so you can get the uh the second I've half played the so. i got sent the demo didn't i for half half the forest and reviewed that and yeah. yeah i really you know it was enjoyable i think it, it really felt like it really got thematically into what werewolf was i think it touched the character development was really interesting as well um, I think it's really interesting what you can... I think it is, it is good what you can do with these kind of, like, interactive choose-your-own-adventure kind of um, games right? in this digital environment. And I think that's because you can accommodate many more branching structures based on mechanics mm -hmm. rather, than, rather than what you can do. Like, you know, uh, a choose-your-own-adventure book has a certain page count. Like, there's only so much yep. you can do. Yeah, and, you know, a triple-A title, you know, Bloodlines 2, it's going to cost a lot of money to get the uh, branching stuff in, in 3D, essentially. So, yeah, both of these games seem to really portray the World of Darkness uh, setting very well, and I'm, I'm sure more much more affordable to uh, to make. And, and they have some great artwork, too, so it's not like you're, you're just... Well, there are a lot of just plain text mm -hmm. uh, yeah. adventures that have been coming out. Uh, I'm not gonna play those ever but these ones at least have a really good visual representation even if it's you know static not really moving of the of the world of darkness as well so i think that's great to kind of draw people in get them into the uh the setting as well and how it kind of visually feels and is represented as well as the uh kind of moral choices that you'll have to make along the way so definitely excited to beat those games uh eventually yeah, I've got other things on my plate. Oh, yeah. On the topic of computer games, Dark Tide, I've been playing that pretty much as my only other bit of gaming. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Running around as a guardsman with a bolt gun. Yep. Brilliant. They keep expanding new maps on it. Uh, environmental hazards. It is pretty fucking scary when there is mist. So line of sight is, you can't see much, it's darker. Mm. And the eyes of the Poxwalkers glow. It's like, oh, that's... and yes. they add in some other monsters. They've now got Chaos Sporting there, which is their assholes. Beasts of Chaos, um, sorry, um, Nurgle, Beasts of Chaos. Uh, what's the other thing? Uh, Poxhounds? They're kind of like flesh hounds, but Nurgle. That's fun. Cool. Yeah, I've not actually tried the other classes yet. I need to try like the Psyker and the, um, the Zealot and the Ogren. I've just been really enjoying just getting up to level 30 on my uh, guardsman using an auto gun or a bolt gun and just like laying down gunfire and or actually sniping yep. with a bolt gun is really satisfying because it just, you know, it is one hit, one kill pretty much guaranteed. Right. 
that's what you want from a bolt right. gun. Yeah, it's it's they've I think they've tightened some things up recently with bugs and and economy in it. But yeah, it's just good fun. It is actually good fun. Um Yep. I gotta pick it up it's sometime. Brilliant. I, I've been I keeps it keeps going on sale for a little bit. I'm like, ah, oh, should I pick it up? Should I? So, it's a, a graphics card hog, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can run Vermintide 2 very comfortably, so I should probably be I able to do Darktide on Potato Mode. Too. I've not played that. I think I own it. I've played Vermintide. Yeah. We should play that. Yeah, if, you're, if you want to play it, James yeah, will play it. it. James definitely got fun it as well. Oh, yeah. I need to play I also need to pick up, like, the... I need to play more of um, Total War Warhammer, like... God, oh, so that was the thing they've released recently, didn't they? The beta for the uh, Realms of Something Something for Age of Sigma. It's a new turn-based RTS. Mm-hmm. That looks interesting. Um, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to play that and see how that that works and how much it captures of Age of Sigma. I mean, this is always the thing, right? The difference between what you read in the books, what you see on the tabletop, and what you see in computer games, because there's never a full one-to-one transition. You know, like, do 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 space marines gather Tiberium? No, they don't. They, just, <laughs> they, they take objectives. Um, and it'll be interesting if, if they won't... Space marines need more Vespian yeah, gas. Right. Um, so <laughs> it'll be interesting how he did that in Age of Sigma. I guess it's like taking yeah. nodes of magic, I would imagine, and resources. That'll be curious. Oh, that was a good thing, actually. That leads me on to another thought of other smaller games. You know, Bladeborne for Warcry, the Hexgrid-based version of Warcry, that's simplified rules that my nephew has because I bought that for him and his dad uh, because I was like, that's an easy way of playing that set models. I've still got the Slanesh Warband to paint for that, actually. Um, They're bringing out a new starter for Warcry, which is smaller. So you've got two Warbands from Underworlds. Oh, so it's that's it's, interesting. It's not a hex grid, but it's smaller. So a bit of terrain, uh, not multi-level terrain. It's like a graveyard, essentially a small graveyard. So they mostly won't have all the full abilities and reactions, but it's just a really, really small starter, which is like, I mean, what? Yeah. Two warbands and enough counters and stuff for starting. It's going to be, what, 40 quid, 50 quid? Yeah, are they full uh, warbands for Warcry that could be um, used in the main um, game? Yeah, they, they, they or are they like half size? So you'll have each. So one of the warbands is the oh, one is Stormcast, and there's four of them, and they've got a bird, and she's got a hood and a lantern. Oh, is it is it the one with the uh, the the vampires yeah. in it? And the other one's got the four vampires. Okay, in it. cool. I mean, cool, it's a cool, cool set cool. just for those miniatures. To be fucking honest, it is. It is. So that's cool. I didn't say about Necromunda, going back to that with the new book, they're updating some of the rules. So flesh wounds will rack up really quick now. So even if you roll a serious injury on mm. someone, that is also a flesh wound. Okay, so people are going to die. So speed up gameplay people will die bit. quicker. And that you get a flesh wound every yeah. time you roll a serious injury. So if you roll a serious injury in the recovery phase at the end of a turn, you get a flesh wound. So it's representing you bleeding out. So that's, I think that's to balance things with lots of wounds or lots of toughness that they bleed out and can be taken out of the game quickly. Hmm. They're also adding in more ability to get XP, so you get it if you cause a serious injury on someone, and they've rebalanced grenades, so there's no more... I'm going to target that point on the board because you're hard to get because you're behind cover. So you can still do it, but it's the minus two to hit that exact point. 
it's 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 things that you learn after like you know the the length of the gate that the game's been out there so that was just my quick mm-hmm. like i had in the notes i forgot to say when we talked about the board yeah vampire the Masquerade chicago by night um what is this yeah well it's just uh i I've been playing it, been running it, and uh, just kind of want to share the experience because I think it's kind of interesting. It's helping me kind of crystallize uh, some things because I really I hadn't touched a World of Darkness role playing game since last summer. Uh, and that was just a one shot for of a uh, Mummy the Curse Second Edition, so it was kind of nice getting back into things. Um, the adventure I was running was based pretty pretty fully off of the '90s vampire show Forever Night. Uh, definitely had the Lacroix stand in. And, uh, <laughs> The Jeanette, the Jeanette stand-in was mentioned, but not seen. Uh, that'll probably uh, occur in a, a future uh, story, future chapter of the game. And I had uh, all new players, all new players to vampires, so it was really cool. They really got into it. They had a lot of questions, but uh, people were not buying <laughs> the uh, the gothic punk world. Um, Shit. They, they specifically said, they specifically asked, how is this worse than the world we're currently right. in? When I was describing it, and I was like, yeah. You're kind of right. That's kind well, of that's vibes, the problem. But, this goes I mean, back to what we were saying about Mage. Like, how is the how is this worse than the world we're in right now? Right, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, it is kind of interesting because, or ironic, because if you think about crime rates, um, they are lower yeah. in in the United States, and I'm sure the UK. Well, I don't know. No, about they're the UK, all lower. But definitely lower in the United States than they were. In, in 1991 but there's a lot of other issues going on obviously you know a lot of uh you know political strife created by in part social media and other things um you know cable news and the like and obviously you know uh global climate change is uh wreaking horrific uh issues upon the world which certainly makes um i mean werewolf just doesn't even have to change anything it doesn't no. have to make things worse it's just here's the world we're in except there's werewolves uh, but on the other hand, players had tons of fun. They were digging through flowcharts of politics. I had I made flowcharts of different like uh, kindred in, in Chicago. They met different ones, and they really liked that. And they figured out pretty fast not to trust anyone. So it was supposed to be just a one-shot, but uh, the players are demanding more sessions. So that feels pretty good. Nice. That makes me really excited to uh, to run more World of Darkness stuff. Yeah, I need to. I need to play some more. Um, I mean, like, I mean, this gets us into the next topic. But yeah, um, and I think we should just just kind of ask that question because that's really what we've been we've been yeah. talking about these things, reviewing them. How do you think, Chris, that you are going to spend your time in the next half year? Wow, know, closing out the year, the next next five six months. Do you feel like it's going to be? All Warhammer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be all, all Games Workshop. It, it, it almost fucking is, right? It's right. Okay. Let's look yeah. at our release schedule. We've got stuff I've written, I've written for Wrath and Glory coming out, and I want to play. So that's, and that's, it's just easy. Yeah. Uh, Imperium Maledictum is great, and I need to come up with some plot lines. Uh, we, we do want to stream it, and this goes back to my argument that I had with Brendan back uh, a few, you know, last year that what makes dark heresy any fucking different to call of cthulhu it isn't it's a percentile game the only difference is is yep. the madness is by the cursed gods it's it's superfluous mm-hmm. it surface things at the core it's the same game so again imperial maledictum yeah it's just humans no plain space marines I dig that. Same, same thing with uh, same thing with um, Warhammer Fantasy yeah. Roleplay. It's just Call of Cthulhu. It's uh, instead, you know, chaos gods are causing the madness, and 
the goofy setting or not goofy setting the uh the the historical wrongs of humanity that you're exploring are you know 14th 15th century germany as opposed to 1920s United so States. yeah so, so i want to run imperial mandalit i think there'll be some fun stuff to do with um warhammer fantasy roleplay on the high seas so piracy and Ooh, go over to right. Lustria because we've got the Lustria book. So we could start off on the coast of the Empire and go all the fucking way to yeah. Lustria searching yeah. for treasure. That is a totally great game to play in its own right. Yeah. Um, which relates to the fact I need to run some more Iron Kingdoms. Uh, I really want to run a stream game of uh, Legend of the Witchfire. I mean, that's D&D 5e. Like, I can run and... I think it'd be good just to run it to get some more confidence with running D&D because I can run other games quite easy. I just feel I feel my confidence with D&D is still not there in running it because I think there's such high I feel there's such high expectations because everyone can fucking run it and has mm. an idea of what D&D is and I have I have a feeling of how I want to run Iron Kingdoms to make it feel like it's the Iron Kingdoms through of D using five E D and D, but it feels like playing Warhammer Fantasy, if that makes sense. Like it's gotta have that mm, yep. visceral kind of gritty feel to it. Yeah. I want I want to run some cult and uh, I think I've got Cyborg and I've got uh, Vasgrim. Vasgrim, which is another hmm. kind of grim dark uh sci fi thing based off cyborg so we've got those to do for shits and giggles um yeah it's gonna be a lot of warhammer and, and playing 10th ed and necromunda and warcry yep um yeah it's just pretty fucking exciting time right now uh and i and i say and also play some mm -hmm. war machine it's just oh yeah and let's just say war machine quickly very fucking quickly uh the brine blood faction of Trollkin for Warcry uh, for Warhammer uh, Warhammer Warcry War Machine sorry Private Press for War Machine the Prime Blood, Prime Blood uh, pirates look fucking amazing the fact there's a pirate there's a pirate captain with a starfish on their shoulder holding a fucking pistol is hilarious <laughs> um, the designs are amazing so I need to uh, I need to buy and paint those things that's like in the next few months at some point because i'm tapped out on 40k stuff for ages so i don't need to buy i just need to paint how about you <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's kind of the big question for me you know it seems like you're definitely in the grim dark camp yeah. uh i'm i'm thinking i might end up half and half half gothic punk half grim dark um you know i definitely am going to be running more vampire coming up will i run werewolf the apocalypse i think that's a that's a big question um, hunter you know i i hunter's fine it's a fine game it's a fine game but i already own hunter in the form of so many other <laughs> games that's that's the problem with it right yeah i've got conspiracy x i've got the hunter cult. the vigil i've got i've got yeah. cults yeah uh, so, so tough, isn't it uh, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't I haven't picked up Hunter. I actually have never seen Hunter in person. So there's never even been like the option to pick it up unless I wanted to buy it online. But I prefer to, you know, support a, a local game store. So am I gonna run Werewolf? I'm really curious about the system. I'm very interested. I think the thing is that I I don't think I want to run it at a convention. Oh Werewolf. Which no. is which is a thing, yeah, for Werewolf. Which is a thing because I actually just said that I would 
potentially run it for Gehenna Gaming at PAX Unplugged. So I might change that. I'll have to see what I think. But I feel like I need to have a very... I want to be... I want to feel comfortable with a group before mm. I run that game. Because there's a lot of baggage with old Werewolf. And I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And as well, you know, there's a lot of tricky themes to Werewolf. And I want to make sure that... Uh, uh, you know, everyone in my group is kind of comfortable with that. You know, maybe we'll do kind of, um, uh, you know, consent forms or something like that before we play. And, you know, definitely have, like, safety rules and all that. Which Gehenna Gaming does, you know. So that, that is a, uh, a point in their court. But uh, I think I got I to gotta play it with people I trust, I think, first. Just to see how I really feel about it. And then maybe if I feel super comfortable, then I'd be okay with demoing it. Yeah. Sounds fair. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm 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 planning that I want to run something at Dragon Meet. I haven't quite thought that far ahead because that's London. I can drive to London these days. I mean, I drove to UK Games Expo, for, and that was being there for a day was not enough. I was glad I wasn't running a demo game and trying to do stuff there. So, um, oh god, and also, yeah, FYI, you can go to my. UK Games uh, Expo Roundup post because there's stuff from that as well. Um, what about okay? So role play. So you said vampire. You said werewolf. Um, Hunter yep. is obviously like which what what flavor of game that does that? Um, I mean, if somebody wants to run Hunter, I'll play it. I but kind of uh, want to run it. Yeah, I've got some uh, ideas. Okay. Like yeah. Full on. Yeah. You had some great ideas for video. Yeah, I so, think I might just I port mean, them over. And I'd just be game do with that. that. Yeah, what definitely can about anything for the else? Grimdark? I mean, for Grimdark, I'd love to play Imperial Maledictum. Yeah. Uh, that is really up my alley. It is in in most ways seems like an improvement over uh, Dark Heresy, so that would be a lot of fun. And then, yeah, I mean, I've got two Warhammer <laughs> armies, and I'm convincing people to play it with me, so I'll play some tenth edition. edition. Okay, so what are your forty k armies? Yeah, that'll be good. Chaos. Uh, so I have I have Chaos Space Marines and I have uh, I guess Imperial Agents slash Astra Militarum. Uh, I've got all of those all those um, Imperial Navy. So yeah, because this, this is the issue because like you can't take them actually currently as an army. You've got to take them as allies to. I think you're technically allowed to make them an army, but you get no uh, army special rules. Because your army special rule is, I'm sure they'll do an update very quickly to allow. Because they seem, they seem to be. I feel like they want to do. They're basically trying to say you could run an army of rogue of a rogue trader with. I mean, you could do that. You could easily do that. You go out and buy what uh, a box of Mm ten space marines, split those into two squads of five. Yep. Get a space marine commander. That's your core of your army, and then you know somehow bodge the thousand points of a lot of yeah so this this is what i'm thinking and i haven't totally mathed this out yet but i'm thinking about using guardsmen tempestus scions yes with and and the uh imperial navy kind of um uh allies from imperial agents and basically make it like an yeah, orbital yeah, yeah. force so they have like valkyries they fly in uh, that, basically that's basically what i would do because i would use my 20 vansar as <laughs> as, as the troops right. And have them. I've always said yep. they would be a rogue trader's personal entourage of imperial guardsmen mm. who are basically tech company. 
and then I could easily have another 10 yeah, and they're yeah. Escher and go like, well, they picked these from fuck knows where. <laughs> and then there's some Orlocks that they picked up on a mining world. And then you're like, because I've got 20 of them. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that would be such a rad army to run. Just like, it's so yeah. insane. Um, yep. That'd be really fun. And then I could have a Zealots, like, uh, I've been wondering, because you can't do this in um, Sister of Battle. There's no flagellant zealot like um unit oh. there's repentia but you can't take so i can't take my um my house corridor <laughs> as a unit i want to take house uh, corridor as a, as a fucking mm. unit um yeah cool well there's lots of gaming to do i think we've got lots of podcasts about there's a lot there coming out soon which gets us into what we're going to be podcasting about for like the next six months i guess so uh, coming up, we've got the final episode of our series on Chaos Gods. We are going to be talking about, uh, for Darkhammer, we're going to be talking about Bellacor and Vashtor and other Chaos Gods, because they've all got beef and they all want to be Chaos Gods, or they're, they were Chaos Gods, and oh, yeah. their machinations are interesting. So that'll be fun for Darkhammer. Uh, for Dark Iron for Iron Kingdoms, I am wanting to delve into the Orgoth, because they're a faction now. So we can talk about the history mm. of them, yeah. what, how they fit with, with the Infernals, and how you would use them in your roleplay games as antagonists, because uh, they're super interesting. What else is there? Um, so that's for Dark Iron, and then we'll mostly look at another location, or faction, or or place, uh, or, or something, or theme. Mm-hmm. Um, like the uh, the Grimkin would be a really good topic to talk about because they're kind of like fey creatures in Iron Kingdoms. I like their miniatures too. I know some people complain about them, but they're I think they're super awesome. Super weird, creepy, very fun. For World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness, it's a bit quiet on the Chronicles of Darkness front. I mean, the hedge is finally nearing release that I worked on for Change of yeah. Lost. There was a. There was a Hunter the Vigil, uh, yes, I think Jumpstart, yes. that just dropped you can look at as that. well. So there's there's a little bit here and there. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. And I know that, uh, you know, Crystal, Dave, and uh, and Chigov, plenty of ideas uh, for, for other stuff to come up. So the horror games, yeah, like Vazen is big. We've got discussion mm-hmm. of uh, Blade Runner to, to, to happen. Um, ooh, what else is coming up? Uh, literally in about a month's time or so, hitting my doorstep will be the gambler's chest for kingdom death. Uh, so mm-hmm. James is... So FYI, James has got his box arriving, and so will David, and David's in the process of moving country. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. James is still at his parents because of, like, you know, pandemics, moving, jobs, etc., so <laughs> they have fuck all space for this box that is bigger than the Kingdom Death core box. And it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. So I want to try and work out how to do some streaming of that, or at least discuss, like, what's coming out and do some streamed painting of those miniatures, because we've got some very characterful stuff coming out and some new monsters. I'm really just... Because it's basically it's Kingdom Death exp- expanded. Like, there's new campaign systems, there's new... Uh, experience systems there's just you know how necromunda is there's another book and you could use stuff from it you could use all of it or you don't it's like that it just there's so many tools to make 
Kingdom Death the game you want to play and keep replaying it, which is insane. Um, yeah. So that's my other, like, pile of plastic that I have to work through. Um, yeah. At yeah, least I'm working through my yeah, plastic. I'm happy to say I'm working through my plastic. And then at some point, we're going to work out some interviews with other people. Like, uh, Thomas Pernan has been working on French Crusade. Andy Chambers and Gal Thorpe have been working on... Oh, I can't think of it. The mecha game. I can't remember the name either, but it's a mecha game. Yep. That looks great. Uh, I want to look at Shiver as a game. So it's a, a gothic... Well, it's a horror RPG, but it supports many themes. Um... It kind of has a narrative dice system, like, uh, like the is it Cortex that runs? Um, no, Cipher that runs. No, it's whatever runs Star Wars. Oh, uh, uh, Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Yep. There we go. Yep. Yeah, that's the so word. So does it have proprietary um, dice in that case? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the stuff I'm kind of interested in right now, mm-hmm. um, RPG wise, and. And obviously the stuff that we're working on generally, because I mean, all of us are, well, most most of us are working on something kind of like interesting, whether it's mm-hmm. more Pip, whether it's more Wrath and Glory, yeah. uh, more Iron Kingdoms. Yeah. There's lots to talk about. Yeah. So it's, it's quite exciting. I think the problem is we, we do this episode because we've all been ridiculously busy with moving countries or new jobs or writing actually like, writing for games it's um it's hard to do a pod it's hard to podcast when podcasting is not like the main i would say it's like that's not our it is our thing but it's not like we're not trying to make bank on it we're not like doing it's not always the priority but uh, we definitely have a lot that we want to do i know crystal really wants to talk about pip Pip sometime talk about character creation some of the uh, cool things you can do with it and we're definitely going to do that sometime uh, in the near future and she's got a lot of ideas you know we were talking about doing maybe an episode where we kind of talk about state of the podcast different things we want to do in the future um might do that uh sometime as well but this also kind of works as a stopgap in that regard because kind of portrays at least what chris and i as individuals are are kind of looking at these days and uh i know crystal has a lot of like really cool things that she's been digging into uh as well and uh and chig's gonna run star trek for us next weekend so that's another yes, thing i was gonna say yeah, we're gonna run, so that's like, shit that's gonna be on here next weekend so we are playing star trek <laughs> Which I've not played that system. Yep. I, I have no idea of the system. I, I've got a copy of the book somewhere. Um, fuck, I need to pull... Is that up there? It might be. I need... Yes, it is. Right, I will read that. Like That's yep. my reading tomorrow. Um, so <laughs> we are addicted, I think, uh, to Strange New Worlds because that series is fucking amazing. And it says a lot about Star Trek right now that even my partner Sam she's been watching the new episodes of Stranger World and thinks it's great. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really interesting, I think. So the fact that then Star Trek as an RPG, if you try and emulate Strange New Worlds, which I think is what we want, um, is a huge selling point. And like, what do they re- release right now? You can do Star Trek Lower Decks. Yep. That's the thing. So if you want to do your goofy fucking weird star trek <laughs> do it like if you want lasers with feelings but actual official um do it yeah 
I still want I still want my Babylon Five roleplay game though. Someday. I need we'll see. it. We'll see what happens. I need it. Hey, the road. Well, the yeah, road home the is always here. <laughs> and the TV series, uh, from all news, other than Right Strikes Off, is still alive. Whoa. Okay, that's good. Development of that is officially still alive. The right they they have not written it off due to the right due to the right strike and that right. strike right now. So clearly, someone at Warner because it's CW, yeah, um, thinks there's bank in it. So mm. yeah, good for that. Yeah. That'd be um, exciting. So, should we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, we wrap it up. Well, that's our bombshell is about <laughs> Babylon 5, because that's the best thing in the world, isn't yeah, it? it is. Um, right. If anyone wants to find us, we can be found via uh, www.tarkadashdays.org, uh, where you can find every episode of the uh, of the podcast. There is something like 300-plus episodes of us talking about anything and everything to do with horror RPGs, World of Darkness. And, of course, every episode of Dark Iron and Dark Hammer. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Dark Days Radio. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube and on Twitter at Dark Days Radio. You can find us on Threads at Dark Days Radio. Yep. Threads is mostly the most exciting place you can find us right now because Twitter's a fucking... I've been posting my RPG thoughts of the day and also random <laughs> uh, random old World of Darkness managers I painted up. Are you getting some engagement with that? Yeah, a little you? bit. A little bit. Yeah, it's definitely... There's, no, there's definitely engagement. People want to chat about their hobby yeah. there, um, which is good because we just didn't see that kind of thing on Twitter because yeah. everyone just gets their negative... Because negativity feeds the algorithm, we've learned. Mm. Um and obviously if you go to youtube you'll find stuff we've put up there um you'll find some old episodes there but the best place to find the episodes is obviously on the podbean and on spotify or wherever you get your episodes that we syndicate to um and uh if you have any questions or opinions you can always email us uh Radio at gmail.com uh and of course if you go over to our discord you can chat to us there share your thoughts share your what you're working on talk about your favorite game say where we're wrong say why we're right all that stuff um shout outs obviously painting phase because that's great oh, content yeah. right now uh i would also say if you want some other good chill content um ms paints is a brilliant oh, little yeah. uh is a brilliant um YouTube series, um, just because, like, the, have you seen the recent video? I know if you're a patron, you see the recent video. It's great. Uh, alien, alien uh, tree plant things that look kind of vaguely <laughs> a bit organic, quite organic. Um, uh, but I mentioned it; they had very like Tekkerman blade kind of vibes. Oh yeah, I love that show. So, That's like, awesome. I'm gonna go check it things. out. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, I'm trying to think of the other video series I've been watching. That's uh, minis. Uh, that's basically it. That's kind mm-hmm. of what I consume is those shows. Um, actually, nothing much roleplay-wise with videos. Yeah, I mean, just... you know, RPG uh, YouTube is probably not that useful for us, to be honest. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Is like It's preaching to the choir yeah, often, yeah, yeah. whereas you know, it's the hot takes of... Yeah, we try to yeah. make this or, or it's, at Games Workshop. Or it's lore videos and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, watching just how people paint and that kind of stuff. Like Suggs' uh, new Rogue Hobbies is pretty cool. Very uh, very unique take on a lot of things. So that's a lot of fun. 
Uh, yes, definitely. Um, oh, what is it? Um, Lizard? Is it Lizard of... Is also interesting. It's someone that's an ex-Games Workshopper, and again, oh. Oh, just gives me total PTSD, PTSD oh, of working <laughs> in a Games Workshop. It's terrible. It's really bad. Um, right, I think that's it. Yep. I think we've closed that show. So, for everyone that did come on, thank you for watching. For those who commented, that was great. If you want more oh, no. episodes like oh. this, rather than just the straight podcast, if you want it live and comment, um, then say so, and we will do it. I will do more string of painting, so I'm in my new office, and I can do that more easily, um, if you want that. And streamed actual tabletop games or something like that video, I will start thinking about, because I do have enough cameras. So there are plans and things, and events, because you're going to be, as I say, Pat's Unplugged. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about Dragon Meat. Uh, I'm sure Crystal's going to something soon. Uh, Gen Con. Chris will be at midwinter, I'm sure, uh, in the yeah. winter. So that'll be uh, that'll be pretty sweet. I don't think anyone's going to Gen Con this year because of. Is Jake not going to Gen Con? No, no, he's just being a little cautious, a little cautious because uh, they don't require vaccinations or masks now. I don't think so. Well, they yeah, don't require no. them here, yeah. so it's like, yeah, like we say, mage dissension. Mm, this world <laughs> really isn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, with that thought, um, goodbye for now, and yep. thanks for watching. Yep. Take it easy and be safe out there. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Occam's Laser.